to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey everyone, this is Johnny and welcome to another episode of Travel Like a Boss. I am here with Melanie and Miles Becker from Ask.Angels. Hey everyone. Ask-Angels.com. But yep. thank you. We are so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for both of you to be here. Uh, it's You guys just happen to be in my building, but we are in Chiang Mai. And if you guys are listening to this uh, in your earbuds, this is going to be one of the episodes we're actually going to have a video of as well. So it's going to be on the YouTube channel. So just search for Travel Like a Boss or go in the show notes uh, and you can see it there. Uh, but welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah. So... I originally first heard of you two from the event you guys were hosting down in, in Phuket. What was that called? It was the Abundant Circle event. And what was that about, Melanie? We ran a mastermind retreat, essentially. So the idea was to bring together 20 entrepreneurs who are like doing big things in their business and just to like connect and co-create and really just like have an amazing, luxurious experience. So this wasn't like a bootstrapping backpacker hostel type event this was like at a like a villa right yeah it was a luxury villa in phuket pretty much the biggest place we could find in phuket more of a palace than a, a house really <laughs> and we rented a yacht it, it was over the top definitely that's cool i, I saw photos of it so the, i first heard of you two uh i think leanne beasley she posted some photos of the event and then my other friend David Vu who's been on this podcast a few times he met you guys there as well and I guess in Chiang Mai actually so do you remember how we all first met it was through David Vu um we went out to dinner one time he just set up a dinner for us to go out and kind of catch up and and learn about each other and we've got similar interests and challenges so so we had actually heard about you before as well we met David Vu who's been on your podcast and we also met V and Ian who I think have been on your podcast as well yeah, so we, we met them on the Nomad cruise, and then when we were, we were coming to Chiang Mai, they were like, oh, you have to meet our friend Johnny. He's like the mayor of Chiang Mai. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I got that nickname, but it's, it's a good sticking nickname. now. Yeah, so I think that's so cool that the Nomad community is so, I don't want to say incestuous, but <laughs> like everyone kind of just networks with everyone, especially like if, if you have friends that you know you're gonna get, they're going to get along with your other friends, then they will... That's kind of like the the new way of of meeting each other. Yeah, actually, in Chiang Mai, we have had a couple of friends who aren't here reach out and introduce us to people they know who are here, who we've never met. And so it is really like cool how networks expand. And yes. <laughs> I don't know whose sunglasses I just put on. <laughs> so Very stylish. Not look cool, but the sun's going in my eye because we're on my rooftop right here. Actually, our rooftop because you live here as well of the Siri. So one thing we've noticed in traveling and, and embracing the digital nomad lifestyle is that the people we're meeting seem to be more open. Um, when we were living on the North Shore of Tahoe, we didn't really form any deep relationships. And somehow just being on this nomad adventure of life, it, it seems like, I don't know if people are more open or if we're all just kind of more similar personality types. So there's more resonance, but it just, I have more and better relationships and friendships displaced all over the world than I did when I lived in one location because we were kind of like the weird kids working from home uh, in one location and now we're still kind of weird kids obviously but but we at least cluster together and have fun together. I, I think you're, you're absolutely right with that and it's a strange thing because a lot of my friends are from San Francisco or Austin or even New York and those are the cities that you would think would have you know the weird kids or people you know enough friends or enough of a network that no matter what you're into that you'll meet someone. If you're from a small town in Idaho, I can see why, you know, if you're the one person into building an online business or tarot cards or something spiritual, that you would, you know, there'd be no way to meet anyone else until the internet age now. But even then, it'd be an online relationship versus being here in person. Right. And there's something special getting together and goofing off and having fun. You kind of really get to the core of people. And so in the Abundant Circle event, we did it for five nights. And one of the reasons we did that is we wanted to 
be together long enough so everybody took the the proverbial mask off and and you get to see people the morning after a few drinks having their cup of coffee and you're just there's like this realness that comes out and it was really a bonding experience and it's a lot of fun to get to know people at deeper levels yeah and the funny thing is i end up seeing a lot of my nomad friends more often and and have kind of a, a better um almost like a deeper connection with them than I do even friends that I live a mile away from that I could just see anytime. And I think it's, it's the fact that you guys are going to meet somewhere in a different country and you have 24 hours a day together if you wanted to, because we don't have any responsibilities. David Vu's uh, famous for saying, uh, don't tempt me with a good time. So we met him on a boat that went from South America to Europe hung out in Europe, and then we saw each other in the United States, and then we saw each other in Asia. So I've hung out with him four times on pretty much four different continents. It's yeah. pretty remarkable. I, I think, uh, so I didn't go to the South America trip, but I met, met him first time in, in LA. Uh, I was staying on his Airbnb, and that was after we had just talked online and we never met in person. So California, next time was in Lisbon, Portugal, and then it was in Koh Lanta, and then now this time in Chiang Mai. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, I love it. So I'm really excited to have both of you on, especially Melanie, because you are kind of the, I think what a lot of people, in, especially in Chiang Mai, but I would imagine kind of everywhere, kind of dream of is someone who can live their passion and do something they're really, really into, you know, whether it's some kind of spirituality or something else, but still make a full-time living from it and not just kind of, you know, bum around and, and, and try to get by run out of money and then have to teach English for six months before the next yoga retreat. So how do, how actually like, how does that feel now that you, that you are where you are? It's, it's really so amazing. Like ask angels.com definitely started out as just a passion project. I learned to channel the angels and help people connect with their angels. And I was so excited about it that I just started putting these messages out there and then people liked them and my web traffic went up and then it was like, well, let's try selling products around this and people bought them. And so it's just been this natural evolution from like hobby to business. And now it's like, wow, I've built a business around something I love that helps people that can be done from anywhere. And I think the biggest thing for me is that it is very heart centered and people have amazing experiences with it which is really a huge part of what keeps me motivated and going and practically obsessed. <laughs> so I, I think I remember asking in the very first day we met, I was like, are you actually into, you know, all this stuff, all the spiritual stuff, the tarot card reading, connecting the angels, or is this just like a marketing thing? And you, you were like, no, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's still, still my passion. And so in that regard, I feel so incredibly lucky that I'm able to do what I love and be rewarded abundantly for that. It's just just absolutely magical. So one thing that I learned early on that I think made a huge difference was like, if you give enough value to the world, you'll be rewarded in turn. And so my focus like from the start was never about how can I make money? Like, how can I scale this business to speak in very like internet marketing terms that a lot of people use? It was just like, how can I help people? How can I give value? And that continues to be my focus. And I think that's part of why it is so successful because I'm not trying to get from people. My goal is to just give and then the universe, law of attraction, like rewards us in turn. I like it. And yeah. so I think a lot of people listening to this might be like, oh, well, maybe I should just get into you know, the yoga niche or something because like the people around there aren't, mark you know, aren't as savvy marketers. But I think you brought up a really good point where that's a terrible idea because people will first off probably see right through it. You, you, you know, the universe probably will not reward you for that, you know, and people will not reward you for that with their, with their wallets because they can tell that someone had gotten into something just because it's a moneymaker. And also I'm sure there was hard times where you weren't making any money from it at all. And if it wasn't for your, your passion for it, you never would have continued, right? Yeah, absolutely. When we first started out, I mean, it wasn't like I was born with an email list. We started from zero, just like everyone starts with zero. So there were times where it was like, oh my gosh, yay, I booked a reading. Now we can like go buy groceries. <laughs> so it was like very, like very low income to start. And really it took us a long time. I started the website in 2009. So it's been like, been a very slow 
growth process, probably because we just failed our way forward and learned going along. But along the lines of what you were saying about like really following your passion, I do think that's so important, especially now. People on the internet and consumers are more educated and aware than ever before. And we're also able to like see through marketing and see through sales pitches and hypes. So I really look at it as if you're not authentic in what you're doing, like if you're trying to put on a show and act like you like something, but you really don't, people will notice that and you won't be successful. And even, you know, some people we know who maybe have businesses around just selling products that they don't really believe in, they're trying to pivot now because in the long term that gets boring. So it's like, I think to really be successful in business, you have to commit for the long term. So it might as well be around something you love. Otherwise, you will get bored with it and you'll not want to keep putting out information and creating and all that. I, I think I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I think that's the reason why I never got into Amazon FBA. It's because I knew I'd be selling some knockoff product from China for you know $30 that I got for $4 and wouldn't really add any value in the world. I wouldn't like talking about it. I wouldn't enjoy it. And I think that's why I spend so much time doing things I do like these podcasts is because I really like doing this. I mean, you know, the fact that we get to sit up here on this beautiful rooftop and actually talk about kind of deeper things in our, our backstories. And even though, you know, I'm sure I can just hang out and we could talk, but when I think it's like, it's one of those things when, when we're out just like socially, you end, you know, we end up just talking about whatever's current or, you know, just, you know, our favorite movies, uh, but we're on the podcast. We're like, okay, yeah, maybe we should really dig deep and and try to give some value while having this conversation. And in turn, I learned so much from every single person I ha have on here. You know, one thing, if we can kind of go back about staying focused on your passions, is that hitting monumental challenges as you're growing a business is inevitable. And to be able to muster up the energy, the life energy to overcome the challenges and to persevere, it, it really requires you to be passionate about something. We have been distracted by businesses. We contemplated giving this up multiple times in, in the eight years that we've been running this website. Um, is it worth it? Are we making it up? Maybe we should, maybe we could make money doing this other thing. The shiny objects kind of, they do appear. Um, but, it's been that kind of like that passion, like you said, and lucky for me, my passion is in the marketing side. I love internet marketing and we make a really good com combo, like a good team. She does the creative side and I'm like, how can we lay this creativity and, and this content out in a way to get the kind of most interest or most reach or, or get people into our funnel type stuff? So I, I definitely want to pick your brains about this, the funnel part of it because I think that's kind of the, the magic sauce in, in all of this. And if anything, if kind of just thinking of it from kind of like a bigger kind of point of view, it's almost like this, uh, the marketing allows this product, which you want to be out there in the hands of the most amount of people. So it's, you know, as long as you're putting out a good product that people want, and it sounds like this is something that people really genuinely benefit from, you know, the people that are into it, by you having a strong marketing channel, it gets it into the hands of more people like that, that had that need. Right. And so there's also always a percentage of people who are going to want more. They're going to want more access to you. They're going to want more of your content. They're going to want the next thing. That percentage gets smaller as the products get larger and more expensive, but they're there. So that's where the back end of the funnel really comes into play and coming up with the, the certification courses. We have two certification courses now. People love the content, but they wanted to learn how to do what we were doing. And so she's put out some larger courses and... <laughs> I just wanted to say along the lines of marketing, I think this is a big thing for a lot of spiritual teachers and yoga practitioners and more spiritually minded people is that they're hesitant to market. They don't want to come off as salesy or spammy or like a marketer. And so, so many error to not getting their message out there. They have these amazing, beautiful, powerful teachings, but no one knows about them they don't get found and they just get buried in Google. So that's why I'm really passionate about marketing is not to sell something to people that they don't want. It's to get the message out there in front of people so that they can decide if they want it rather than never knowing about it. And get it to the people that do want it and they just don't know where to find it. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, uh, how long have you two been together or married? We got married in May of 2009. So that's about seven years ago. Seven Congratulations. Years ago. Thank you. And did you already have this, the website up or, you know, any of this before you met? 
No, we didn't. So we really are co-founders in that sense, in that when we met, I hadn't really even honed the skill of channeling angels. I was very into meditation and so was Miles. And so that was one of the things initially that we were so excited about meeting. It was like, whoa, you're into all this same kind of stuff. And that really has always been a foundation for our relationship. And then we started the site together. And so before we get to that, I, I want to address something that people are probably <laughs> thinking about right now. They're thinking this is like a woo-woo, fairy, spiritual podcast. <clears throat> uh, if you guys listen to any of the episodes, <laughs> you know this is <clears throat> more about you know business and, and marketing an online business. And the fact that you two have that spiritual side, but also we can talk and we will talk about all the actual marketing side of it. I think that's an amazing combination because I, I think that's what people are really, really going to get into. But can, can you just kind of like briefly mention like what is, what do you, what do you guys actually offer on ask.angels.com? Yeah. So we offer a number of guided angel meditations and information courses around how to do intuitive angel card readings, how to open your psychic senses to experience angels, which as you mentioned, for people who are new to this sort of thing probably does sound a bit strange. Um, so in just a brief nutshell, everyone has angels, but they off operate differently for everyone. So if you are very logical and scientific, your angels may appear to you just as an inspired idea or like a nudge or that gut feeling or a flash of inspiration. Whereas if you're more visual or clairvoyant, you can actually learn to see angels and communicate with them and they can take on more like personality traits. So depending on who you are, your angels appear differently. And I help people to connect with their angels and tune into that guidance. So, so information products is the core. We also have a membership program and then, um, we do affiliate marketing and Miles has helped kind of like package some of our stuff into books and CDs and apps. And actually some physical products now too, right? Yeah. I like it. So I actually downloaded uh, your the free MP3 that you get for <laughs> signing for the email list because I was nice. really curious what it's about. Uh, I'm the definitely the logical side, but at the same time, I do know the benefit of things like meditation, yoga, spirituality. Which is why I just got back from a four-day um, acro yoga retreat at the Pi Circus Juggling School. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and I came back and I'm completely refreshed. You know, my my I my mind is a lot clearer than it was before. I was a little bit kind of burnt off from just overworking. So I I know all the benefits of it. Uh, and I think this is I know it's one of those things. To be honest, I don't think anyone in the world knows knows what 100 like what's out there. I, I think right. that is the one thing I am 100 sure about. That, you know, regardless of what religion you are, what you believe in, nobody really knows. Well, we live in a really interesting time where um, the scientists are starting to kind of scientifically prove what the mystics have said for a long time. Uh, quantum physics and some of these were really, really deep, like, you know, it's a wavelength until it's focused upon by consciousness and then it becomes a point. So, like, if you watch What the Bleep Do We Know or some of these movies, they really go into how the science and the mystics are saying kind of the same thing from totally different angles and approaches. And we get you on the meditation. We meditate every morning still. Uh, we usually meditate twice a day, uh, once in the afternoon as well to kind of clear our thoughts and really just... It's so easy as an entrepreneur because like you, you're never off. There's always more to do. You, we generally have a big ambition. There's, there's that next level we want to reach. And so just thoughts and ideas can swirl in the head and it can almost get overwhelming. And meditation has been one of the key things that we use to just kind of like turn that off, put it on a shelf, let everything be okay as is, kind of enjoy where we're at and then clear that head and get right back to it. And, and we found that to be a great practice. Yeah. And while listening to your MP3, it, I was kind of like, well, you know, regardless of if I believe in Archangel Michael or, uh, you know, whoever the name is, it's to me, it's like a really nice meditation. And relaxing. It's like, yeah, it's a nice relaxation. It's yep. kind of like I, I get to hear a nice voice tell me positive thoughts and have me encourage me to think positive thoughts. Right. And I know 100% that helps. Right. And so you're definitely not in our target market. Our target market is women in their 
kind of mid thirties through sixties. Uh, if you really focus in on the customer side, it's, it's kind of that mid fifties to early sixties range. And they've kind of gone through certain life experiences that have them questioning things and looking deeper. A really interesting statistic um, that eight out of 10, almost eight out of 10 Americans believe in angels. So a lot of most cultures, most religions have something that is likened to an angel. So that, that belief is kind of around. And there's one thing I think everyone needs more of, and that's a little bit more positivity, a little bit more good vibes in their life. A lot of our customers, they'll even just play them while they go to sleep. And they'll just put it on to go to sleep because a lot of people can't slow their mind down to go to sleep at night. And they'll just, it's, it's a way to kind of just relax and enjoy. And then we have some people who are really kind of deep down the rabbit hole, if you will. And, and they're really kind of getting the, the message and the feeling and that connection with their angels. So we, we do service kind of a broad variety of uh, customers and it's, it's a lot of fun. So I'm glad you jumped on because it kind of, and I think you guys make really the, the perfect team because you have both sides so well you know you have melanie's side where you know you know the kind of the content you want to deliver and then you have my side and says okay well this is who we're going to deliver to and this is how we're going to deliver to them keyword research and and really nerding out and geeking out on on the statistics and what should we title this blog post and and really i have to take my hat off and give a lot of credit to melanie because although i've i've kind of maybe been the the one on the leading edge of the marketing to learn the tactics first um melanie does 80 90 percent of the marketing herself um she knows how to do keyword research she's jumping into spy food to research and analyze her website and to find those uh pages she has on the top of page two to go in and do some seo optimization to bring them to the middle of page one uh, and get them back into traffic range and you know we get nearly six hundred thousand visits a month to our website and although i kind of taught the basics of content marketing she really kind of jumped on board and she's really owned it and she makes sales she writes her own sales copy now and it's it's really it's really cool. So it gives me the freedom to be studying what the greats are doing and, and see where's the industry going and what are the new tools. And I get to test all of that, do a lot of testing on other platforms. So I'm not fiddling with our money site. You know, if I want to test a new method or test, like I just want to do a 30 day or a 90 day challenge on YouTube. We didn't do that within her channel. We did that on a separate channel. And now I'm trying some geeky kind of like backlinking things that are maybe a little bit gray hat area, but I'm not doing that on our money stuff. I'm doing that on my stuff. I'm like, okay, am I going to de-index myself? And it gives me a little freedom to play at that next level. I think one really cool thing that, that Melanie is doing is that you're not just having Miles just, just do it. Say, oh, well, you know, you're better at this technical part of it. You just do it. Because I think this really not only frees up his time to be able to find that next level, uh, you know, marketing that, it's going to bring your income even higher, but also the fact that this kind of empowers you as a content creator where you're never reliant on someone else. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it always makes me laugh. We oftentimes meet people who, who are spiritual teachers in one form or another. And they're like, Oh yeah, Melanie, what you do is great. But if, if I just had a miles on my team, like I would be where you're at. And, and miles always just kind of laughs because like, I really have done most all of the SEO optimization and content marketing and, and stuff on our site. And as he, and all of our social media marketing, yeah, to give Miles some credit, he does manage our team, which has been an amazing progression to allow me to really just focus on creating and blogging and doing the things I love to do without having to like manage customer support and the sides of the business I really don't like to do. So, so that is amazing. It sounds like Mal doesn't like doing that part either. So like what, what are the VAs that you guys have or who are the, who, who's the team? Yeah. So we got a full-time customer support lady. Um, just got her a backup who's part-time right now doing about 30 hours a week. Um, kind of the, the, two is one, one is none philosophy. If we have one customer support lady and she's out sick, it falls back on my shoulders. We got a full-time designer. Uh, we got a full-time developer. Our designer is kind of like an illustrator and, and graphics designer, uh, transcriptionist who we work part-time, um, an editor. Uh, we got a layout guy who does our book layouts and a lot of our kind of, um, angel card layouts for the, the printing publisher and for all the print side of things. And, um, I think that's about it. We random random people for kind of like integrations and stuff. But I'm assuming this all started like it was just the two of you in house, man. Yeah, just just hustling, really, just just that bootstrap, uh, go go go. It actually wasn't until what like last year or two years ago that we even brought on 
any sort of team. So like up until very recently, we were design and tech and support and <laughs> Which I think everything. is actually smart in the beginning to do. So it's been about seven years. The first, like how much were you making from it? Like the first year or the first couple of years? How did that progress? So the business had a very significant shift in how we were operating at about year one, one and a half. It started with her doing one-on-one readings, which was somebody would book, they would pay us, she would schedule it, the money would come in, and she would then perform uh, the reading for them. And at one point I had this idea like, can't we just, because she was getting a lot of the same questions. Am I going to meet my soulmate? You know, am I going to find love? And she's like, man, I'm, I'm answering the same questions. And I was like, can't we just record this and broadcast it and make them available? So that was maybe a couple of years in and we were going full speed on content marketing and we, we didn't have a funnel in place and the income was very spotty. We'd have good weeks. We'd have no weeks. It, it was really up and down, up and down. It wasn't until we put our first funnel in place that we were able to create consistent and measurable income that we could rely on. And then the second move, once we had that as getting our membership program going and having literally consistent income. People are paying us every month, month after month, because they love what we're putting out. Um, and that has really built a level of like comfort into our income and where we can trust on it because it never really wavers more than like 10, 15% per month with the churn rate and what I, we bring in. I think that's amazing because I think a lot of people are afraid to become entrepreneurs or you know have everything be online because you could have a great month and then the next month it could dry up, right? Yeah. And it's funny that I've been afraid of that for like years now. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I got I to gotta bootstrap. I got to save up because who knows, you know, everything can dry up. And it just never really does, you know, yeah. like it might waver. I think my waiver is between 20, like about 25% or so right. up or down. Right. Uh, but I, I think at the end of the day, what we do is actually still way more stable and secure than actually having a job. I'd rather have the control in my hands. I'd rather, I'd, if it's going to crumble, it's going to crumble from these. Um, and if it's going to fly and soar, it's going to be on our own effort. We do put in a ton of work and we always have. Uh, learning to kind of ease off a little bit and enjoy our time is something we're literally having to like learn um, because we're American entrepreneurs. That's like workaholic and a workaholic, right? So it's been fun. And I don't know. I, I just don't trust the corporate world. I never did. So we had this burning desire. Um, my dad got laid off after 33 years from the same company. And I just, I knew I couldn't trust corporate America for our longevity and our well being. So it was like, no matter what it takes, we're going to get there. And it was from that mindset shift of like, no matter what it takes, from that, it's just evolved and it's been a process of trial and error and um, perseverance and to get there. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, and Melanie, did you grow up kind of with this entrepreneur mindset or how did this all happen? When when I was very young, I naturally, I was a natural entrepreneur. Like I would go around to my neighbors and sell them rocks from our front yard, which my parents were like, here, no one's going to buy rocks. And then I came back with a bunch of money and I kind of like let go of that for a while because I got really into sports and was just really busy. But then when I graduated college, I just knew I couldn't do like a traditional job. I just knew it wasn't for me. And so I've, I guess for six months I had like a real job, but other than that, it's been like entrepreneurial. I like it. So to kind of go back to that timeline that, so the first year you were doing coaching and I would imagine that, you know, even if you're charging over a hundred dollars an hour, it's still kind of training time for money and you can't really, you can't really grow that. Right. It was upwards of $150 an hour is what yeah. she was charging. And it took a lot of life energy. What we do, you know, really connecting with people on that level and giving of yourself to them. It takes a lot of life energy. So we'd have a quote unquote good day that was like three readings in a day, make like 450 bucks. And then she'd just be drained, tired. And I was like, this, this can't go on. And a lot of people in the spiritual realm never move beyond that. And they get into their 60s and their 70s. And that's still their entire business model. So that's where my creative thinking, my, my synthesis kind of was just like, okay, what what's the solution here? And it was like, no one to one, we need to go one to many. And now, you know, we got a list of like 95,000 people. So we put out a new message, send it out, you know, 20, 30,000 people open the email. And it just becomes a numbers game really at that point. Like there's always a percentage of people ready to buy. Um, and it's it's become a lot more fun. Uh, definitely more lucrative. So kind of going through that, that funnel, I can definitely see why people buy it because after I, I listened to that, that first MP3, I was like, this is nice. I feel really relaxed. I can see myself having a bunch of these on my phone and 
then I, I, I click, you know, it says, do you want two more MP3s? I was like, yeah, I do. And I click it and it says, you know, like it's normally $34, but now you can get both for 17 or yep, whatever it was. And I was like, you know what? If I, if I was in that demographic where this is something I really wanted, I'd be like, oh, it's only 17 bucks. I'll buy it. So that's really like the power of the funnel, the sales funnel, the marketing funnel. And this has been something that really revolutionized our business to the next level. Cause we always, I always was building an email list. That was something I learned very early on. So like all of my reading clients are on my email list. So if I wanted to do a special or something, I could write them an email and promote it. But then as soon as they opted in for our free offer, giving them the option to buy something right away. They've already expressed interest. So, hey, do you want to buy something? Has proven to be really effective. And it's just along those same lines of like, they're expressing interest in what we have. So then making it very clear and apparent, like what we're selling and giving them that opportunity. And it's worked really well. And and I like the fact that it's, you know, yeah, they are getting a free sample. Uh, which is actually a full length. You know, I think it was like 17 minutes or something or 13 minutes. Uh, and But then right away you're like, look, you know, I'm giving you value and I'm asking for for kind of that that value in return so I can have the time and energy to produce more of this for you. Yeah, and we do give away a ton of free stuff um, on the site, like without people even joining the email list on YouTube, on Facebook. So that's always kind of been a part of our philosophy is like give, let people experience it. And then if they like it, they'll want to buy more. So even before we had our funnel in place, people would reach out and say, I listened to all 30 free messages on your site. Do you have more? Like, I want to buy something. Are you selling something? So so yeah, I'm a strong believer in giving and then that just has paid off so much. You know, another thing that does is it can be called a self-liquidating offer. It gives us a marketing budget. So that's when I've been able to go into Facebook pay-per-click and start to learn that game. And if I'm break even on that OTO sale of $17, that means I'm growing my list. It converts at about 3%, 2%. So that means I'm adding 97, 98 people to my email list for free every time I get one of those conversions. And that's where it becomes a numbers game and you can really start to get the paid traffic going in. And we didn't even start playing with paid traffic until 2013. So that was like four years into the business. It was all organic. We still have an organic powerhouse, which is a great asset. But the ability to like put in $10 in Facebook ads, get out $10, $9.50, and 70, 80, 90 subscribers, because uh, we know the lifetime value of our customers and our email is follow-up sequence, sales, and blah, blah, blah. Have you noticed more emails since you've uh, opted in? Did you use a real email address? I did reuse a real email address, and I did see more emails, yeah. And we mail almost every day. Um, that's something Melanie picked up earlier this year. I would say on average, four to five times a week, we're mailing uh, something, and generally in the PS, there's an opportunity to buy something, because you never know when somebody just gets paid, or when somebody comes into some money, or the timing's just right. They've wanted it for a while but so you got to keep in touch and stay top of mind and just a lot of the the basic sales stuff that's out in all the books so i think two things that 99 percent of people out there especially you know if you guys are listening to this this might be you is people don't start collecting emails early on because they're like well i don't really have anything to sell yet but i think it was really smart that you know that only started well the two of you started collecting emails like right from the beginning uh, and then second thing that people don't do, and I'm guilty of this as well, is we don't email a list often enough because we're afraid to spam them. We're afraid to bother them. But it's almost kind of like if you think about it as someone that you want in your life or you want to hear from them all the time. Well, so another way of looking at it is most people are living boring lives. They commute to the same place. They work in the same cubicle every day. They like It's just so much routine that they want to live vicariously, especially someone like you, right? Like you're living a very fun uh, life. And, and obviously the listeners, you know, you're out there, you get it because you're listening to his podcast, but the people on your email, they might not listen to you there. So they want to know when you're in a new country. They want to know, they want to live vicariously. They want something to shake up their day. I mean, most people sit in front of the television for three or four hours a day to like numb themselves 
themselves, quote unquote, be entertained. And you get the opportunity to be that via email. And when you become that person that they like, they look forward to like, oh, John, what's he up to now? You know, they're opening every email. And then when it is a marketing message, promoting a product, an affiliate product or one of your products, your open rates are massive. They, they're your top of mind because you've been in touch with them all week and versus not reaching out until you have something else to sell once every three weeks. They're like, oh, it's an email from Johnny. I know what that means. He's got something else he's promoting. And it's a very different vibration. They're in, a, in an energetically different place when you kind of just give, 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 share your story, share your life. And that vulnerability, um, is, it's been revolutionary. Yeah, I guess it makes sense because when I'm thinking back when I had a corporate job, I was so bored that you know I'd be checking my personal email and I would have been really happy to hear from someone who else I was interested in following, whether it's you know someone who's doing what I wanted to do, you know, being a digital nomad, traveling, to, you know, in Thailand or wherever it is. I would have loved to hear from them every day because that would have just you know knocked off half an hour of my boring day. I was always like super hesitant to email my list as well, like, and I think this is something that goes through everyone's mind of like because we all don't like getting spam, right? So you don't want to be a spammer. And I would always like worry about emailing too much. Like I don't want to bother people. I want to respect their time. And so I built up in my mind email as this super hard, challenging thing that like every email I wrote had to be super prolific, had to like be amazing. And so it was always so hard and it would take me forever to write an email. And then I learned about this idea of emailing every day and like thinking about um, in the old paradigm or something when people drive to work or maybe a lot of people in my audience do still drive to work and listen to a radio show every morning. And they love listening to those same radio personalities every morning because they start their day off right. They are entertaining. So this is the approach I take with email of being more like a blip on a morning radio show, just this little dose of positivity, of inspiration, of guidance. And since I started doing that, it's become so much easier for me to do. I actually like doing it. My audience loves it. And I didn't get a ton of unsubscribes. Our open rate went up. Our web traffic have gone has gone up. And yeah, I think the biggest thing is people like getting that positivity in their inbox when we were in Phuket I kind of like went a week without emailing which is like the longest I've gone in a while and actually got some emails from people like where are you <laughs> we miss your positivity so I'm actually just curious um do you have like a routine do you, do you do this first thing in the morning or you know like how like how does this work yeah so that's a good question because like so we're in Chiang Mai which is like total opposite time zone from the United States so I kind of like just fell into this pattern here of, okay, I'll just email in the evening, whereas normally I email in the morning and it just became so hard again. So now I'm back to my like normal schedule that really works, which is wake up, drink some water, brush my teeth. We meditate together. And then I just kind of start thinking email and it's like become this sort of creative practice of just what's happening in my life, what's happening with the current astrology or world events. And, and I read an email when I waited until the evening, it became so much harder and I wouldn't email. So for me, the morning really works. We've got this philosophy that I learned along the way of you wake up with a full tank of willpower. And as you go through your day, your willpower tank gets less and less and less. So we have to be really specific and particular with what we do in the morning when we have that willpower tank full, you know, get the most difficult thing or the most important thing. One concept we go back to is like, there's the 80, 20 rule, right? But if you go and do the 80, 20 rule to the 80, 20 rule, you get four and 64. So 4% of what you do creates 64% of your results. And one thing we say to each other is, is that in your 4%? Is that something that only you could do? And if it's not, then we need to shift it and get you doing something that only you can do in the morning and I'll handle it. The team will handle it. We'll get to it later. It's not that important because those emails, it is some only some something that only she can do because it's her personality and she is very honest in them. And sometimes when we have bad days or when things feel challenging, writing an email about that and being like wearing the heart on the sleeve a little bit. So like for you, if you're traveling around and you're like confused, I'm like, man, just it's all been like, it's been a rough week, y'all. Like having those moments of honesty are really important. It's not about like, life is great every day. Every day is great. You know, it's about like being real. And when you're real with people, they feel that they connect and that's when they 
truly kind of become like closer to you and they feel like your friends. So one of the hardest emails I ever wrote, but it's also the one that I got just like literally, I think almost everyone who read it responded to it. And that was the first time that's ever happened because normally, you know, I don't really encourage people to respond to the email or anything because I don't have time to, to reply to everyone. But it was when me and Larissa broke up and I felt like it was time for me to just tell my audience like, this is why you don't see her in every photo anymore, every video anymore. This is why I don't, you know, she's, I'm not talking about her anymore. And it was a really, really difficult email to write, but I'm really glad I did because it, I think it, the, my audience, you know, people who listen to this podcast, but also reading my blog, they're like, you know what? His life isn't perfect. You know, there's ups and downs. It's life's a journey. And there's so many marketing messages out there of like, look how great my life is. Just do what I do. Sign up for my system, buy in and blah, blah, blah. You could live it too. And like, it's when it's always that it's like, everybody's kind of like defenses are up and like, ah, there's a marketing message here. But when you're real like that, like they can read, like he didn't say that for anything to gain. Like that was just being real. And it's, it's cool to hear you say that. And sometimes the more difficult things to do are what our audience responds best to or most to. I like it. I think that's, that's why I like having this podcast be first off in person. Uh, second with people that, I already know so people I've you know at least had a meal with or something and then third having it be long form like an hour long because this becomes a very genuine conversation where it's free flowing it's not scripted uh un, you know and it's not like this you know 15 or 20 minute podcast where you're like you're just trying to bang out like the talking points so I've got an analogy with podcasts nowadays is a lot of them are like the old school book tour right? So the author's got a new book out. So what do they do? They go hit the circuit. They go do their bit on every single podcast. And at the end, you know, there's going to be a pitch. And like, it's, it's kind of annoying to me as a listener when I'm like, man, I just can't really trust everything you just said, but you have a very different approach. It's, it's literally that authenticity thing coming through. So I think that's why you have such an engaged listenership and kind of you stand out in that niche. But at the same time, I know for sure if I had, if I did put some of these, um, these marketing tactics in into a funnel, my income would grow a ton. Absolutely. And it wouldn't be a bad thing because right. it would just mean that more people who would benefit from the show would find out about it and there'd be more tools for people to to be able to do what they want to do. Right. And that's the whole idea of there's always people who want more. And it's not even just about the front end of the funnel that kind of like opt in with the OTO. But once they're on, what's that next level? And you've got a group of what, 10, 12 people out here kind of working with you. And like, that's a huge level of commitment from someone in your audience to literally pack up and fly across the world. And like, they're all excited and charged about it. And there's people in that group who want even more. And like, there's always this further and, you know, $10,000 events. I think Evan Pagan kind of started that $10,000 event thing with his Accelerate event back in the day. Frank Kern's got a $30,000 a year um, kind of mastermind program. So does uh, Russell Brunson. And it's crazy to think that there's out of their audience, there's 20 people who are ready to cough up 30 grand a year just to be able to kind of like hit him with a text message every day. And to feel like they get enough value that that's there. Like if that still blows my mind as, and that's like, you know, we're just kind of taking baby steps compared to that. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of baby steps, uh, for the Nomad Summit this year, I was, I was like, you know what? This, this venue is going to be so much more expensive. So I need to charge more for the tickets, but I'm afraid that people aren't going to want to pay it. And even though I know other conferences out there are so much more, some of them are like, you know, 800 bucks or even a few thousand dollars. I was like, Oh, this is Chiang Mai. People are bootstrapping. And I was like, I have to keep them under a hundred bucks, you know, but I was like, but then we're not going to make any money. And I thought I started thinking, I was like, you know what? Maybe I can also offer a $500 ticket. That's like a, like a VIP ticket where they have more access. They have access to the backstage where the speakers are hanging out. Uh, they get invited to the, to the speaker's dinner so they can actually sit down and like meet everyone. And I honestly, I was like, I don't know if anyone's going to buy it. And I was so surprised that on like pretty much, you know, second days, someone bought it, even though the super early bird tickets were available for like, 35 bucks. And what that does to your numbers, like if you track the numbers and your your average customer value, it helps increase that average customer value all the way across the line. And so what we've learned is we've got these little $17 programs out there, but we've got some that, you know, we started this new membership funnel. They come into the funnel for a dollar trial, but they get offered a almost $200 annual membership. And that's created so much extra revenue that I can dump right back into more ads and get more people in and build this huge list. And it's it's like... It's crazy what the right funnel has done. So we stacked this funnel on and I mean, it's generated a couple, like six, multiple six figures additional revenue for us um, just with rearranging what we already had in a new way. So can I ask, 
what your numbers were kind of like, you know, year two when you guys kind of first started um, the email marketing, then after year like what three after the membership site, and then yep. now. So before we got into the funnel and really dialing things in, we were like four figure a month, kind of somewhere between I'd say like 2,500 and four to five grand a month. Um, I was still like weighted down with student loan debt at that time too. So it it didn't stretch as far as it it needed to. We were still like struggling. Um, At at the time, I think a lot of people were like, oh, wow, if I can make $4,500 a month online, we're set. Like, is it almost kind of a blessing that you had that student loan debt where you're like, I have to make more? Hungry, man. That's the one thing. And so I do a little bit of coaching. Um, and I think there's it, there's something miraculous about when people are like up against the wall, they have no other options and they got to like something has to work that they find another gear. And I definitely found that other gear and we ended up paying off all my student loans in about eight months, paid off like $32,000 in student loans while we're living on the beaches of Costa Rica and Mexico. And that was when we dialed in this funnel and the cash flow came. It was like, what's the smartest thing for me to do with this? Eliminate my 7% student loans, right? Invest like a boss. Got to get rid of that quick. And then, so once we implemented that first funnel and started doing paid marketing, that's when we were bumping into the five-figure monthly revenue mark. Um, But I was spending a lot more on advertising at that point. So we were net up a bit. Um, What really came of that was information about what worked, split testing, learning about the headlines and our targeting of our audience. And that knowledge has compounded. When you say information, do you mean like internally as in from your your data? Yeah. Like who is actually buying, right? So we were marketing for to like 25 to 70 year olds. And we found out that our customers are actually the segment of 45 to 55 year olds. Uh, actually, it's 55 to 64. Um, I don't have my numbers, but you know, so we found out exactly who was buying from us. We found out what cities they were in. We found out the people they liked on Facebook. So I could then show my ads to those people. I was able to then create custom audiences and lookalike audiences. So you're, when you start running paid ads, you're going to be cash flow negative unless you're some total like, I don't know. You're going to be cash flow negative. But what you're doing is you're investing in information about who your customers are, who your best customers are, and you can leverage that information to refine your campaigns. And that's very smart. I think this is where a lot of people are failing, where they expect their Facebook ad campaign to be profitable from the start. And one hot topic right now is people trying to arbitrage Alibaba by dropshipping, you know, kind of cheap stuff from China using Facebook ads either with like a free plus shipping model or like some kind of low cost model and because they hear this is working so good for some people and they end up either barely breaking even or losing money on it not realizing that everyone who's making money is making money back end on the back end yeah rookies focus on the front end of the funnel and the pros know that the money is made on the back end if you can get your front end of your funnel to be break even and list growing let the back end do all the rest of the work and that's that's the big trick um when we got this membership system dialed that I, our revenue doubled pretty much um into consistently like five figure monthlies um like kind of we we changed the channel from this podcast to your uh, invest like a boss podcast and like those are kind of the thoughts of okay now that we have this income coming in how do we kind of pay it forward for our old selves and take care of our 70 80 year old selves um and it's we haven't changed what we're doing we're just doing it a little bit differently i just want to say there's a there's kind of like this common thread in the spiritual realm. I think it even goes into like the yoga niches and things that being spiritual and being abundant are like different paths. And I think I even had a lot of limiting beliefs around that when we were first starting of like, it's not okay to make a ton of money with this because the goal is to help people. But then we both really realized and I realized that I can do a lot more positive I can create a lot more positive change in the world, like being super abundant than like barely getting by. And so now even here in Chiang Mai, we're going to go do a, an elephant adventure that promotes ethical connection with elephants. And if we weren't making a lot of money, we wouldn't even be able to afford to do that. And there's so much more we're looking into different charities we can support, like around water and protecting the environment and things like that. I would never even have been able to consider if I was still just in that older model of just doing readings, just barely making enough to get by. So to me, being abundant does go hand in hand with growing spiritually. And I think that 
it is super powerful to be abundant because then we can like do so much good in the world. I definitely agree. And, you know, I mean, just looking at people like Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, if it wasn't for them being billionaires, they wouldn't be able to reach as many people as they can uh, doing all their causes now that they're, you know, close to, you know, that they're a bit, I mean, not Elon's not retiring, but when Zuckerberg and Bill Gates retired, they're putting, I don't know, how many millions or billions of dollars into charity. Uh, but even on a small scale, you know, um, if it wasn't for having the amount of passive income I have or having the amount in the bank, I wouldn't be able to, you know, go to a circus retreat for four days and then be there to, you know, help other people get started with acro yoga, you know, or be there to partner with them or base them or just, you know, even be there to, um, to, to give the value I can give. And, you know, with like even marketing, you know, if that, if that's hostile, that school had better marketing, they can bring more people in because more people can find out about it and they can kind of promote it better, making the experience better for everyone. So I, I really do think that it's, it's good. I mean, everything can be used for good or, or evil. You know, right. people can market a crappy product or a crappy hostel, make it seem like a great place, or they can use that same marketing and, you know, and attract people to a great thing. And we committed to use these powers of marketing for good and not evil, right? Because there are people out there who are just kind of in it for the short-term game. Um, money just makes you more of what you already are, right? It doesn't change people at all. It makes you more of what you are. And, and we really have this belief that consciousness can be elevated when groups of people meditate. There have been scientific studies on this. Um, 25,000 people, I think, went to the D.C. area, meditated together for like a week, and crime dropped by like a significant statistical percent. So our overriding goal, which is the other side of being up against the wall and hungry, we have this huge vision of having a million people a month meditate to our content. And we believe that that will help create a positive shift in consciousness for the whole world. And you know, we haven't even connected with a million people on Facebook. We're at like 920,000 fans. So like we are not even, we're barely on that path. And that's the new hunger that's driving us is like, what could we, what kind of positive ripple could we create in this world if we get a million people a month meditating to our stuff? And like, that's a long way off. And a lot of times people only value what they pay for, right? If you're just running around trying to give away something free, they're like, ah, it, ain't, it ain't good enough. They're not willing to charge for it. I don't know about this. I don't know about this. So Putting it as a paid product um, can create positive change, can give them a placebo effect, can like there's all a host of things that can happen and people value that which they buy. Look at like I bet your course and David's course, a lot of people's courses, they're on torrent, right? They get downloaded on torrents left and right. I hope not, but (laughs) at some point it probably happened. But like let's say Frank Kern's courses, his are all over like torrent. But when people download things on torrent, they don't actually value them. You know, this course I bought that had the funnel that I followed that we implemented for this membership, it was $2,000. That is a lot of money for one course. I bought that and I was like, I'm going through every module. I'm doing everything he says. Even if I don't get it, I committed to it. And I got out the other side and it revolutionized my business. And it was because I paid for it that I had that like deeper commitment to make it through. And when people just grab shit for free or when stuff's free, they don't necessarily value it. So they're not going to actually get what they want out of it. So I, I definitely agree. And I, I'm a big proponent of taking courses too. Uh, all the courses I've taken have paid back. I don't know. Like, thousand ten and they've created this lifestyle right yeah like literally and this is this is priceless yeah it really is and those courses i remember you know pulling out my credit card for i think it was the the last course about was three thousand dollars and i was like i don't know like should i do this you know like but once i did i was like no matter what i am going through all the trainings i'm not gonna skip a week i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do it i call it the hat over the fence like sometimes you got to throw your hat over the fence. You got to climb over and get it. When we first launched our first membership product, we didn't have a product. We wrote a sales letter. We promised a deliverable schedule and we threw it out there. Hey, if anybody buys it, we'll do it. People bought. We've hit that schedule. We've stuck with it for four years now. In the back to courses, I think one of the things that has made such a huge difference for us, in addition to just continuing and failing forward and trying is we've invested continually in ourselves, in learning, in our education, both in personal and spiritual development and in marketing. And I think it's like an Albert Einstein quote that you can't change your current circumstance with the same level of thinking. So if you want to like, if you want to make more money, if you want to get better in business, 
it's so helpful to get other people's ideas and concepts and thoughts and to absorb those that really like change you as a person into the person who is in alignment with abundance, who is in alignment with creating, with being on a podcast, with being on video or, or whatever. You have to grow into that, which courses are incredibly powerful for. I like that. And, and actually speaking of, you know, of kind of growing and, you know, I guess expanding, leveling up, even with like things like comfort zone, you were telling me earlier that for the first time in years, you didn't even show your face on your site. Yeah. And that I think was, I kind of do like hiding behind my computer, but on the other side, I really in the channeling realm, like I liked when people just started channeling. A lot of people would talk for a long time about their story. And I found myself just like, okay, get to the channeling. And so I took the exact opposite approach. But then a lot of people in my audience were like, we want to know about your story. And so I made the shift of putting my face on the website and coming out of the spiritual closet, I guess, getting on camera for YouTube. And and that has made a big difference. So I think being being a real person, back to that, like being authentic and relating to people just makes such a such a huge difference. Yeah, and when they see your face and they put put it to the voice, they're like, okay, this is a real person. And I think especially, well, I think it's true in any niche, but like for our niche being in spirituality, people are like, oh, wow, like you don't look really scary or weird. Like you are a normal person. A lot of times I've gotten people telling me like, but you look and seem so normal. Like most people, like, I don't know, people expect me to like, walk around with a crystal ball and a head wrap and like <laughs> that was actually one thing I, I had noticed about the two of you like when we had sushi that first night is that you just seem like very normal people and to be honest maybe it's just I don't actually know what channeling is I, I kind of heard the you know the one side of it but can you explain to us what it actually is yeah so to channel I essentially meditate and raise my vibration and enter into a light trance state where I then connect with spirit guides and archangels and one word at a time I speak what they're telling me so I essentially am like a a translator for the angelic realm and so this started off in readings where people would ask me questions and I would tell them what their angels were saying and it has evolved to just me tuning into the angels and recording their messages really for for humanity and specifically for the people who do and who will listen to the messages. So it is considered by some to be fairly down the down the rabbit hole. It's a deep, deep niche within spirituality. But I think that's a kind of cool, cool lesson as well in that whatever you're passionate about, there's someone else who's passionate about that I, I too. I definitely agree with that. 100%. No matter what what you're passionate about, there's someone else who's passionate about it. I'm curious to hear from Miles because you're like the, you seem like such a logical, rational guy. Yeah. Yeah. I put on a good facade, okay, right? Okay, go ahead, um, go I'm very intuitive. When we met, um, I was kind of working with this one lady and we both have been taking spiritual courses. Uh, I'm, I'm very in tune with consciousness and the law of attraction. I've been kind of a law of attraction practitioner for a very long time. Um, before we met, like, like we really think we kind of drew each other together because we were doing, we were both a little bit fed up with our lives the way it was working. So we were meditating literally like two, three, four hours a day. It was the only thing that felt good. Right. And then like we bumped and was like, Oh, you're doing that too. Like that's crazy. And then like all these like synchronistic things have been happening. And, um, so I'm, I'm there with every single message that she channels. Uh, I'm really, I'm, I'm really into it. Like I'm totally into it. And I think it is funny because we totally look normal. People walk down the street. They don't realize, um, that we got like, both sides the spiritual and the the money side type thing and it's it's kind of fun it's kind of fun too because we do swing both ways like we can go to a <laughs> we can go to a internet marketing conference and and talk super geeky in networking it usually does come out that i'm channel angels and i'm super spiritual which does weird some people out and and i'm fine with that but but yeah we can also talk obviously conversion optimization and SEO and, and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of do like bridge worlds, I guess, between marketing and spirituality. And I think that's a huge part of why we're so successful because we're not afraid of marketing and we're not afraid of 
the spiritual concepts we're able to like weave them together in a way that's really powerful so and i mean at, at the end of the day like regardless of what people believe you two are genuinely happy you know and you're successful you have a great relationship you have a great business you live a great life so if somebody is at home you know sitting on their couch eating cheetos you know <laughs> <laughs> and they're unhappy in their Put life down the cheetos <laughs> You know, and they're like watching your, you know, like your YouTube video and just like, like leaving hate comments. Fuck those people, you know, like it's, they you can, know, you like, know? um, I think it's Grant Cardone who Miles was following for a while. And he has a quote of like, if you have 10 haters, go get yourself 10 more. Because like when you have haters, that means you're reaching people. That means like you have an audience. If you put up a YouTube video and no one like has anything negative to say about it you're not reaching that big of an audience because there are lots of haters in the world <laughs> and you're not moving people you're not impacting people like we've we've dropped i've been like oh what do you guys say oh my wife channels angels it's like oh my goodness we just good christians i don't know nothing about that and i was like whoa and like we put it out there because sometimes we drop that and people are like oh my gosh so i gotta tell you this my aunt and my cousin did it, and all of a sudden we, we form these like relationships and, and friendships because like boom i'm gonna hit it and we don't always lead with that answer, but it, it's one of those things about, about throwing it out there boldly. And, and that reminded me of something like of I th it's OK, like to be polarizing. Right. We're not trying to reach everyone. We're trying to reach people who are into this sort of thing. And so we don't like dance around it in our marketing. We talk about angels. And if someone hates the idea of angels, they're not going to dive deeper into our funnel. But if yeah, they'll know they're in the wrong place. I, I think that's a very good point. Uh, it's because if everybody is your customer, nobody's no one your is. Yeah, and, and that's a quote I've, I've heard so many times, and it's so true. So niching down is kind of the other side of that. We got some friends there in New Zealand. Uh, they're very successful internet marketers who were doing like a gym membership. Um, foreverfit.tv and hanging out with us they were just amazed that we were able to do what we've been doing in the angel niche so what they did is they had the idea she loves horses she loves dressage riding which is like an english style of riding and they decided like if we can do this in angels maybe they need to go deeper in their niche and they started a fitness product for dressage riders and in less than a year, it's almost outperforming the broader niche. And it's because it's so focused. Now, it's also because like horse people have money and, you know, it's like there's a lot of things that work. But A, she followed her passion, not just for fitness, but for horses. You know, she has two horses. Like she loves that. So her passion shows through more. And niching down is like, if you're not interested in horses or dressage, then it's not for you. But it's easy to identify people, Facebook pay-per-click, who like dressage riding, who like English style saddles and all these things. And they're finding that it's easier for them to find their best customers because they've niched down to that depth. I like it. It's pretty and powerful. And it's it's worked. So absolutely, you know, big congratulations on all the success that you guys have had. Yeah, man, you too. Yeah, and, and and I'm really happy that you know I have the two of you guys as friends in my life now. So thank the angel, I guess. Hell to the yeah, law of attraction, right? <laughs> yeah, we're we're super stoked to have met you here in Chiang Mai, and like we were talking about being digital nomads, it'll be fun to see where else in the world we hang out. Who knows? <laughs> I, I will guarantee. I'll put this out there right now that we will hang out. Not only another time, but probably in another country. Yeah. Country, continent, yeah, side of the world. Who knows? <laughs> I love it. So uh actually just just real quick, I what's that course that you took to learn all, all your, your funnel stuff? So I would say two places. If you're just getting going into funnels, Russell Brunson's com secrets book is great. He has a free plus shipping offer for it. Um, or you can find it on Amazon or Kindle. Uh, that's a great overview. And then the one for the membership funnel is list grow by Mike Dillard. Um, it really is for people who want to grow a membership program. So you either have to have a vision of a membership program or already have the content uh, that one's like two grand the russell brunson it's like a 15 dollars book or free plus shipping but remember he's the king of funnels so if you go through his free plus shipping you're gonna see an upsell for 150 bucks right on the back end you don't have to take it the content in the book is absolutely fantastic okay and you got you've spent a lot of money now like I, do you have any idea how much you've spent in total kind of trying to learn all this stuff 
tens of thousands of dollars. But to put that into perspective, um, my bachelor's degree, which I borrowed every penny for, was over. I was out at about forty nine thousand dollars for my bachelor's degree. That left me with zero life skills to build this. So I've probably spent half or less in information products on this. I don't follow many people in the information marketing world. Frank Kern, uh, Mike Dillard, Russell Brunson, Jay Abraham are a few of the uh, Evan Pagan. That's it. And they sell expensive courses, but they know what they're doing. There's a lot of wannabes out there. There's a lot of people. Oh, look at my house. Look how big my house. Oh, everybody wants to see a walkthrough on my house. They want like a crib style video. Run from those Here people. In my garage. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, look at my Lambo. Look at my Ferrari. Like literally run from those people because there's genuine people out there like Dan Kennedy, Jay Abraham, who are putting out the content. If you're not on Jay Abraham's list, he gives so much content for free. The dude's an old school genius. And I study a lot of the old school. I read the books from the 1920s, the 1930s about marketing because human psychology has not changed. The mechanism which we deliver the content, the internet is different, but everybody's using these old direct mail techniques to build their internet businesses, the Dan Kennedy style stuff. Um, it's, it's been a brilliant change. Uh, Breakthrough Advertising by Eugene Schwartz written in like the 30s or 40s. Brilliant stuff that's still very applicable to this day. I love it. I'll, I'll make sure that uh, I have Anthony put all these things in the show notes. So just out of curiosity, how much did you make from your bachelor's degree versus how much are you making now from from following all these, these courses? <laughs> uh, I'm honestly tempted to say zero from my bachelor's degree because like it wasn't focused. I mean, maybe 20, 50 grand because I sold cars for this one place afterwards because I didn't know what I was doing. Literally like nothing. Uh, from this, I mean, we're uh, half mil. So we we're getting somewhere near the total revenue in this business over time of seven figures. We, we might cross it this year. We, we will, if we don't this year, it'll, it'll get crossed next year at some point. And so seven figures for you guys who, who've never seen this many zeros is million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. That's a two comma club. That's, that's insane. crazy. That is. And I come from like a, uh, we both come from, from poor families, like families who had a nut, like, like we had love in my family. We didn't have money, uh, employee mindset, like go to college, get a good job. That'll serve you right. That date age ended in the seventies. Um, so we've had to figure this all out. Like, and you know, our mentors are in books. The books are out there. Get a library card. It's all right there. You can learn so much from that. The YouTube videos, find the right people to follow, follow me on YouTube. I'm laying everything I know out. I'm just giving of myself because there are genuine people who are willing to help and they want to help. But more importantly, read it or learn from it, but take action. Take action. Absolutely. Yeah. In one of Miles' YouTube videos, he actually talks about that. The idea of creating more than you consume. Like that courses are so valuable, but there can also be a trap of just like learning, learning, absorbing, absorbing, planning, prepping, and like never actually taking action. And I think us just like jumping in before we knew what to do right or what to do wrong was huge. And we've made tons of mistakes and we've like experienced a ton of failure, but we kept going. And so do the course, but then take action. I love it. So if people want to uh, find out more, what's your YouTube channel? What, like where do you post? It's like that. Be sure to follow Miles Beckler on YouTube, youtube.com slash Miles Beckler. Miles B. Miles B. <laughs> And then if you want to follow me, I'm on YouTube slash Ask Angels. Or if you want to check out that free angel message that Johnny experienced, you can get it at ask-angels.com slash love. And that's a dash like the hyphen thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you too for so much for being on the show. I, yeah, I, I really appreciate you. how open you guys were and how much you Thanks, share. man. And the sun has now officially set behind us. I don't know if you guys are watching this on YouTube, but it is so gorgeous. beautiful. So we, luckily we have a candle in front of us. <laughs> the moon is nice enough to light. And I think that's it. So thanks to everyone who's been leaving all these great five-star reviews on the iTunes store. This is how this podcast reaches more people. So thank you guys so much for that. And I will see all of you next week. Thanks for listening to Travel Like a Boss. And if you take one thing away from this show, let it be to just follow what lights you up, what you're passionate about, who you authentically are, and just start taking action towards creating your dreams because they are possible. Your message is needed in the world and you can do it. 
Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.